is great. Let's jack the levels a little bit. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Uh, welcome to the Eric Lang Show. I am sorry that I, uh, I didn't get this done last night. And so this is Monday morning in actuality, which means that it's probably Monday, I don't know, midday, something like that. Um, how is everybody? How are you? How are you? I am, I'm having a great day. You know, one of those days where you're like, I'm going to fucking wake up at 545 and I'm not snoozing because I, I'm a snoozer. I can snooze like pretty, pretty confidently 10 times. So essentially set my alarm for seven or six, uh, actually get out of bed around nine, 10. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually read something the other day that was like, uh, snoozing has psychological effects that go beyond just like feeling groggy and sleepy. It can lead to depression because you're essentially breaking a promise to yourself. Dark. Um, so how's that for great news? Um, man, I don't even know what to talk about. I feel like I haven't even, uh, I've mostly been doing a lot of interviews with guests or talking about Augusta national. Um, I uh, I decided, I saw Shane Bacon posted a video. You know Shane Bacon? He's great. The host of the Clubhouse podcast. One of the first podcasts I was ever on. And he, in, in some ways, inspired me to start my own. Because, you know, he was like, that was a really great podcast. You're a great guest. And I was like, hmm, wait a minute. Um, but Shane uh, posted this video of his pencil collection of golf clubs. You know how you get the, the framed thing? And in it, it's got the clips for all the pencils from, you know, the scorecard pencils from all the golf clubs. And I looked at it and I was like, I started too late. You know, it's too late now. I can't do it. And then I was like, you know what? It's never too late. I'm just going to buy it and I'm going to start with one pencil. <laughs> Is that, I, I think it's kind of funny. It's kind of a joke towards the whole thing. Um... Let's see, I got a question from my buddy Max, uh, who is a friend, works in the neighborhood at one of the brilliant, young, cool golf establishments, Melbourne Golf. Max said, uh, how did you get into traveling? Is that exactly, let's do word for word. I don't know if I have it word for word. Um, putting my glasses on. How did I start traveling? The racket and job, etc." <laughs> I don't know what the actual question was, but. To paraphrase, that was the question. So we'll start there because I don't have anything to talk about. And, um, you know, in the morning when I drink coffee, I I will just talk. It's it's not even, it's like talky. I just, but that's, you know, some mornings I wake up and I just don't want to do anything. It's some How long does it take you to wake up? Sometimes it takes me solid four or five hours. I don't know why, but some mornings I'm just, I wake up awake I think part of this is I learned recently that I'm allergic to feathers, actually, and grass. There's someone else in the world who's allergic to grass, and now we have something in common. That man's name is Tiger Woods. Did you know that? Now, the truth is, I didn't read that. I, someone told it to me, so they could have been lying in order to misinform my podcast, which would not be the first time, and it definitely won't be the last. So... Any other facts we want to explore, whether or not they're real, welcome to do that. Um, 
so yeah, I got into traveling. Uh, I don't really know. I mean, that's such a great question. I think, you know, I think, I think it's like asking, um, traveling isn't really something that you get into. I think it's something more that you just slowly discover that you love kind of, I don't know. It's, I guess it's even different from golf in that sense. Um, so I don't have a great answer for that. That was a, that was a bad question to start with because I, because I, I don't know why do I have this podcast is going to be seven minutes. I promise Four, So we got two minutes left. Um, well, we're almost out of time. <laughs> um, what else? I mean, geez, like what an amazing morning. I went for a walk. I took the dog out, a uh, little snowball. He's been in a great mood, by the way. What it's gotten into him. I give him pills because he's an angry motherfucker. If I don't give him, uh, antipsychotic meds, he, uh, he may be bipolar. So I've had him for, I don't know, a little more than a year. And he, uh, he he would do this thing where like all this he would be the cutest dog ever and then all of a sudden he would just start growling like a crazy coyote that was like had a mouthful of raw meat and you were challenging him. Right, bud? Where are you? There he is. Licking his licking his not his chops, but licking his fill in the blank. I mean, come on. That's all he does. That's all you doing. Licking it. Licking his proverbial eggplant. But it's not, well, it's more like a baby carrot. <laughs> he stopped. He was like, you know what, Dad? You're the definition of an asshole. Uh, so anyway, Snowball. Snowball, I went for a great walk. Oh, and the pills. So he's on the, so, so I hired this guy, Brian, to come over early on. Because Snowball had all these weird little behaviors that I couldn't really figure out. I thought I was doing a good job of being a dog dad, dog trainer, disciplinary role model, I thought. Man, the reverb is great in this room. Guys, I am so excited this week. I'm going to record like seven podcast interviews because I'm going out of town in, oh my God, 13 days. That is frightening. That is so soon. We're going to go to Australia. Very nice. That's Australian. That's my Australian accent. Very nice, mate. I need some help with the Australian accent. I need help with all my accents. So we're gonna go to Australia. Um, I'm not gonna scoop it for you just yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe wait, but you'll know soon enough what's happening in Australia. Two episodes of Adventures in Golf, and then from Australia, supposedly, we're gonna fly to Hawaii, where we're also gonna be quote working. <laughs> Also, for two episodes of Adventures in Golf, which is tremendous. And then we come back and we've got, looks like my calendar tells me we've got uh, 28th. We've got uh, 14 days in L.A. And then we go back on the road like Willie Nelson. Just running around with a band of not music instruments. Uh, And then we head out to Michigan, New York, Norway, and Sweden. So if you're in any of these places, most of you are in America, from my what my analytics on my podcast network tell me, speaking of the podcast, looks like we're going to get some sponsors, folks. Looks like finally I'm going to stop having to, I don't know, what do I stop having? Stop having to worry as much? You know, financial concerns are like one of the most fucking annoying things in life, you know? 
and you're probably all out there thinking, oh, Eric's fine. He's fine. Well, you know, I mean, we're all not fine. I think no matter who you are, you're not fine. I mean, I've met some rich ass people and they're not fine. So, so neither are we. <laughs> if you're rich and you're fine, text me, please. I want to know what's going on. If you are Tony Robbins, also text me. I'd love to, uh, <laughs> I just have a couple questions for you. <laughs> um, Snowball, changing up his location. Where are you going now, bud? You got anything to say? Oh, you look so cute right now. What did you get into? Why do you have dirt around your mouth like that? Were you eating dirt again? Oh, man, he gets these, like, crusties by his eyes, but he doesn't like when I take them out. So I just leave him because I'm thinking I'm doing what he wants. But I think I'm just basically letting my four-year-old kid not shower. <laughs> And just be like a total ragamuffin. Right? Is that what you want? You want to be a stray. He's like, he wants to he wants to be like a posh dog, but also have like the street cred of a stray. So I think he rubs like bubble gum in his belly and just to be like, yeah, I'm hard. But really, it's like Snoop Dogg. You know, he grew up in a really nice neighborhood. Isn't that true? But by the way, like I'm not, I'm not, yeah, whatever. No, no, I don't know the story. So I can't really comment, even though I just did. So Snowball takes these pills. So Brian, Brian, the way of the dog is his name, all right, is his like website. And this dude, um, I may be wrong. I think he was Caesar Milan's dude, like, like protege. Um, and so uh, when C and I had three dogs and like it was sort of we realized that like maybe we didn't have as much control over them as we thought. Have I been recording? Okay, yes. All right, 10 minutes in. We got one minute left. Um, so, like, we uh, we hired this guy to come in and, like, help us out with the dogs, you know, because we were like, we don't understand what's going on, and they don't, they don't seem to be... They were barking a lot, and, you know, we wanted to get them off the bed, and, like, it was a thing, and then, like, you know, one of them would kind of growl every once in a while, and it was all about power, right? It's all about power. And here's the craziest thing. Brian came in, and... He was like, yeah, your dogs don't respect you at all. And I was like, ooh, that is very embarrassing. <laughs> like, how embarrassing would it be to have some guy come in and be like, that animal that you live for has no respect for you. Um, I thought it was also kind of funny because here we just like, it was true. Like, our lives were for the dogs in some ways. And uh, one of the dogs, so, so he was like, watch this. Eric, stand up and walk to the kitchen. And in the way was one of the dogs. And he was like, look, this dog, does he always sit in the middle of the floor? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, so who moves out of whose way? Does the president move out of the vice president's way or vice versa? Or does the vice president move out of the president's way? And I was like, well, sir, obviously Mr. President doesn't move out of anyone's way. And he was like, exactly. So now walk through him on your way to the kitchen. Just shuffle your feet. Don't kick him. Don't step on him. Just shuffle your feet through him and let him know that he needs to move. And I did that. And it was blatantly clear that Brian was 100% right because the dog freaked out and started like growling and showing teeth. And I was like, oh my God, this is an issue. So sitting on the furniture was an issue because they were trying to gain power by being the highest uh, chair in the room, if you will. So they would sit on like the top backboard of the sofa in order to get the highest vantage point. 
So anyway, knowing all this wonderful information, when I, you know, when Snowball and I were uh, matched on um, Dogder, on, on uh, Gerder, no, what is it? Uh, Barkder? No. Okay, I'm sorry. It wasn't funny. It wasn't funny. Most of them won't be. I mean, by now you probably know that. So anyway, we met on Grinder. On <laughs> we are both males, but we're not looking for the same things, and that's why I think we are more life partners rather than, you know, it's not so much a, a one-night uh, pet. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. So anyway, Snowball gets back to my house. We're having a good time, a couple drinks, put on the, put on the music, and he tells me that... Uh, that, uh, you know, well, okay, I got to move out of this joke. So anyway, I realized that Snowball has some similar issues and I'm doing my best to combat them. You know, he's not on the furniture, you know, um, he walks close to me. We, you know, I hold the leash really close and, you know, we're just going through all this stuff and, and, um, and Brian comes over and he's like, you know, you're doing great. But except whenever I would go into my bedroom and someone else would follow me in, like, you know, a friend or whatever, or like, you know, watch a movie or something, or even my assistant. Snowball would growl like crazy. And even when I wasn't there, like, there was a time when someone needed to come over and take some pictures of the house, and I wasn't there, and they went into the bedroom, and Snowball, like, Cujo freaked out, like, fangs, everything. And I was like, this is bad. So I called Brian back, and I was like, look, man, I know you know that I know what to do, but I don't know what to do. And also Brian is like a dog. So he actually is deaf and he's reading lips and he has like a crazy like skeletal hearing aid. But the dude is like literally a dog. Like like every dog will like sit down as soon as Brian walks in the room. I don't know how. It's a beautiful thing. It really makes me believe in God somehow. <laughs> I don't know why. So anyway, Brian uh, is like, you know what? Look. I would never have said this 10 years ago, but I've realized that there are a lot of dogs that could be helped by this information. And I was like, what? And he was like, give him some fucking meds, you know, like just like he's 10. He's an old dog. He's not going to change. Where are you, buddy? He's changed because of the pills. He's like, give him the pills. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'll, I'll, I don't care. Like if it's going to make him happier, I'm going to do it. And some people have given me shit for it. And I'm like, you know what? Now I know how a mom feels on the subway when someone comes up and says, hey, do you need help? Granted, I'm not abusing him or shelling, youting at him or something like that. Youting? Shelling? <laughs> Anyone? Anyone? Youting? Shelling? <clears throat> Shouting or yelling would be the correct English. <clears throat> so anyway, we, uh, we go on this thing and we give him the pills. And now he's a different dog. But I think also there are other things at play. You know, he's really, I don't know. He's really, he really feels at home here now, you know? Right, bud? <laughs> As he's like totally curled up in a ball behind the recycling bin under my desk. Here he comes. Nope. He's like, don't whistle at me. I don't want to be on the podcast. What else? Um, yeah, so the LPGA was this weekend. How great was that? Did you guys watch that on television? That was so cool. That was like that was like my home course, you know? It's funny, you know, I um to give you some backstory on that whole story, I never was a member of anything private. I was a member of like people uh getting photographed at the police station. 
or I was a member of uh, the kids who had to stay after school until like the sunset because they were, uh, you know, smart asses. Um, but I was never a member of like something you had to pay <laughs> with dollars, dues. And um, I remember we were driving. I may have already told this story. Stop me if I have. Um, but, you know, we were, I was driving by with my ex. We were driving by and it was really like, I was like, oh, this is a beautiful golf course. And she was like, oh, we should join. And I was like, yeah, right. Like, you don't just go join a country club. Like, you know, you need to know people and you need to have money. She was like, well, we got both those things. And I was like, oh, now that you say it, you're kind of right. And then I went, started going through the process. A year later, I was a member of a country club. And I mean, it was, if any of you have joined a country club from the same background of like just middle class and, and never, never really even playing on a private golf course, the feeling of joining a country club in that first like day or week of joining is like, uh, it's like whatever you want to call, whatever is your favorite day on planet earth. It's that for like a long time. You know, it's Christmas, it's the first day of school, it's school's out for summer, it's summer camp, it's like lose your virginity, <laughs> it's like first time to smoke weed every day for like 20 days. And then you're like, oh my God, I think I'm going to throw up. So yeah, I mean, and that was like almost three years ago now. And um, somehow I have been able to, um, you know, continue my membership. Uh, both financially and uh, I don't know what else, man, mainly just financially. Um, but you know, it's just, it's so funny. Cause I like, I love it so much. And I've said multiple times to multiple people there and other friends in my life, I kind of feel more at home there than I do at my own house. And I feel at home in my house, you know, like I, I don't come home and feel like weird. I, I love my house. I feel very peaceful, but there's something about the golf club where, um, you know, you just kind of, I don't know. You just kind of walk in and, and, and to say you belong feels a bit douchey, but, uh, but you know, you feel like you belong. I don't know. And this is, you know, I've, I've, I think I've mentioned before how I went through some time in the beginnings feeling like I didn't fit in, even though I was, you know, doing everything I was told to do. Uh, but that's more just like Eric on planet earth. That's not, that's not, that's not exclusive to the country club. Hey, it's Claude Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. So, you know, it was so cool to be in L.A. for this week. Like, I, didn't, I wasn't even sure I was going to be here, but it was so cool to be here and watch like these, some of the best golfers in the world play this golf course. Um, I didn't really see much of the coverage on television, but I heard it was like amazing and beautiful. And I mean, the course really with its landscape really sets up for it. I mean, on the 12th and 15th tee, um, 11th and 14th, if for the, you know, tournament, they changed, they changed one hole. And so now the back nine is one hole off, which is like the most confusing thing ever for the members. Cause we're like, well, which 18? Would this one or that one? And so, anyway, there's a tee box where you can literally see the Hollywood sign, Griffith Observatory in downtown, and it is one of the best spots in all of Los Angeles. Um, 
Now that said, you know, if you listen to Malcolm Gladwell's uh, podcast, Revisionist History, the first episode of season two, that's a plug that I didn't get any money for. But he discusses private golf specifically in LA and he discusses how a lot of these courses are able to stay in business because of a loophole in property tax. And I've talked to a lot of people about it and I have two opinions. One is the guy's right, you know, like, I think the public courses should be open for a day to the to the public. Did I say public? I meant the private courses should be open to the public one day a week for a couple tea times. I mean, in Scotland they do it, Muirfield they do it. I, you can go to Muirfield; it's a private club and play there. Royal County Down, I'm pretty sure you can do the same thing. So you know, why aren't we open for a couple tea times? You know, just let the people join or let the people play, and you know, whatever. I don't see why not. Um, and then. You know, obviously in Europe, a lot of the courses are even closed on Sundays for the public to roam and walk through. So I think that's one thing that we have not wrapped our head around. But at the same time, I mean, America is, you know, a wonderful country. And, you know, but some things are backwards, just like a lot of countries, you know. And I think that's one of my favorite parts about traveling is you see like, you know, that makes sense. This doesn't make sense. And it all is relative from where you're coming from. So... The second opinion I have about revisionist history is that, uh, well, he doesn't quite really tell the full story. You know, there's a lot of, he says that this is golf, but it's not, that's, that's one's part of golf. I mean, I don't know the numbers, but I'm pretty sure that there are many more public courses in the United States, maybe even specifically California than there are in, uh, the world. Let's see. I'm going to see if I can Google this. Let's, can I talk while I Google? Can you talk in Google? Uh, let's say um, uh, public versus private golf courses. Let's see. Um, dun, dun, dun. Can you hear that? That's the oatmeal in my stomach. Uh, number. Let me see. Come on, give me a great answer, Google. Make me sound smart. As I quote, like just a random web page. Nothing coming up. I'm gonna, I mean, I'm gonna look at this. Just hang on one second. Okay, here we go. So, Golf Info Guide has the thing. In the U.S., approximately fifteen thousand five hundred golf courses. How many of those are public? Take a guess. Eleven thousand five hundred eighty-one. So, by a large margin. The courses are public. Municipal courses and or operated by a city, 2,449. Total number of golfers, holy shit, 25.7 million. That's a lot of bogeys. <laughs> that's so many bogeys per year. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's almost a billion bogeys per year. Whoa, the billion bogey club. Oh my God, you know what's funny? As they show the... Uh, as they show the stats, the image is A-Man Corner. That's funny. Number of core golfers, those who actually play 8 to 24 rounds per year, 14.4 million. Also, they note that everything's down from a high of 19.7 million in 2000. Oh, come on. Who cares? 5 million, give or take. Golfers who play public courses, 90%. Golfers who play at least 8 rounds per year and consider themselves passionate about the game. They quoted passionate. What does that mean? 
90%. Uh, increase in number of golf courses since 1990, 24%. Increase in number of golfers since 1990, 17%. Public courses expected to close over the next 10 years, 5 to 10%. Well, that sucks. But hey, life's a business, eh? Uh, okay, so here's this story. What were we talking about? We got Snowball the Pills, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's doing a podcast, giving golf a bad name. Come on. What are you doing, Malcolm? He doesn't play golf. I thought about doing a podcast with him and talking about how podcasts are bad. But then I thought that actually doesn't, that actually is bad for me. That's <laughs> not good. Um, what else? I wish we could, uh, I wish we could just get on the phone with somebody. I'm like, I need to interview. How great was that Michelle we interviewed? She is so cool. Um, that was really great. That was really fun. I try to do the podcast in person, you know, just because you get so much more out of it. Um, so actually today, Haley Joel Osment is coming over. So if you have any thoughts or questions for him, hit me up. Um, I'm excited. He loves golf. Who doesn't really at the end of the day? I think everyone loves golf. They just don't know it yet. You know what I mean? I was in an Uber the other day with this Russian guy. And he was like, I was like, do you like golf? And he's like, not my game. And I was like, hmm. I said the same thing for decades. And then I got out of the car. <laughs> yep. But anyway, how cool was the LPGA? I was like so thrilled to be there. Like it just was such a really wonderful experience to like, you know, something so personal of mine, you know, one, you know, it's a, what is it? A quarter of a percent mine. Um, if there are 400 members, hey, you get the math, eh? 400%, quarter percent. So anyway, to have something that's so like, that I feel like a certain ownership over in a more custodial sense, in a more like uh, experiential sense, not like I actually own it, like in a greedy sense, but to have that, you know, shared with a bunch of people in a sense like goes back actually directly to the Malcolm Gladwell thing like the public came in and everybody walked around and everybody got to walk on this place and it was all equal like there wasn't really a huge difference between the members and everybody else except that I was allowed to go anywhere I wanted to and not everybody else was I didn't remember that I had a huge badge that said member and it actually uh, was glowing uh, blue like in Lord of the Rings because the orcs were near. The orcs are obviously, you know, the members of the LPGA. Um, but the Pro-Am was amazing. Played with Paula Creamer. Man, we had a great time. We were just hitting the ball. Every shot was perfect. We had like 12 hole-in-ones. Um, you know, just a really memorable day. Uh, unfortunately, none of the hole-in-ones were caught on camera, so they're not official. But, um, you know, pff, wow. Again, just just a wonderful experience. Um, what else? Jeez. I think I'm going to keep it short and sweet. What do you think? I have a, uh, a new attempt at a sign off. This was a great suggestion. <laughs> I just feel so cheesy when I get to this part. Hit it hard, folks. It'll land somewhere. See, I just can't, I don't, I think the answer is to the closing. It can't be planned. Similar to the entire podcast, you know? 
We really try to go in not planned. Because, I mean, maybe it's a maybe it's a naive technique or lazy. I don't think it's lazy. But, you know, when I do an interview uh, with with a guest, I'm, I'm really trying to pretend like I know nothing about them in some ways. Because I think then you really get to hear a little bit more about who they are rather than what they are, what they've done. But I'm sure I'm wrong about that. I'm sure that, you know, the great interviews of the world, Howard Stern, Jimmy Kimmel, um, you know, these wonderful mentors um, to all of us, you know, hosts, hosts with the most, you know, we all, you know, like, like that's a wonderful, what a wonderful opportunity um, to have that time with their, with their guests. So I don't know, maybe it doesn't lend itself to other things. Um, you know, again, I am just completely, uh, a slightly over caffeinated and, um, you know, I'm just trying to end the podcast, not because I don't enjoy it, but just because, you know, I'm a little nervous here all alone. Jeff was supposed to be here and then now he's not. Jeff has done an amazing job of, uh, you know, just setting everything up. So Jeff does, he coordinates a lot of the interviews. Um, he'll literally be like, okay, so this person's interested. This person's interested. We're going to, you know, we're going to go to their house. They're going to come here. You're going to go over the phone, whatever it is. Um, obviously a lot of the first guests were just friends of mine. And, um, but you know, he, he does a lot of that and he's in charge of finding the sponsors, you know, cause come on, let's be honest. I would do this. I said I would do it for free for a year. I said I would do the podcast, even if it made no money, it costs a little bit of money, but not as much as you'd think. And I was just like, you know, I'm going to try it just as a, just as a commitment to myself and to the world. I feel like in a way I've actually learned a lot about, uh, what not to do. <laughs> no, <clears throat> I've learned a lot about, um, you know, talking to people and even just like the creation of hashtag content. I hate that word. Doesn't, who doesn't hate that word content? Let's make some content. Um, so, but you know, I've learned a lot about that, you know, and it's like, it's really fun for me as an exercise to have it unedited relatively. Um, you know, it was such a big decision about how to deliver the master's podcast, you know, and how does the Augusta national podcast, how does that go? Um, but anyway, I really like the just unedited conversations about, <clears throat> you know, whatever you would normally be talking about. And, uh, hopefully it remains interesting for, um, you know, for you, mom and dad, <laughs> my mom and dad just texted me the other day and said, honey, we just had a long drive and we listened to all the masters and the Michelle Wee podcast. She sounds really nice. What did they say? That was more than that. It was actually a really sweet text. I mean, obviously. You've seen my parents on Instagram. They are they are so sweet that you might get diabetes if you hang out with them too much. Um was that weird? <laughs> um oh, here's actually interesting stuff. My dad. My mom says, Eric, dad and I heard your master's podcast and Michelle Wee today. We are driving to New York. They made the time fly. Loved the adventure, all the strokes, and all the lasting impressions. Really find it powerful when you pull your podcast together with talk about things you realized or learned or how it felt or what it reminds you of, mom and dad. And I said, oh, thanks. You're my most important two listeners. And then my dad popped into another thread. He said, 
dad. He said, more on Augusta as the golf mecca. At the end of your Augusta hole-by-hole, you talked about someone who said that Pebble Beach with a wall would reverse things if Augusta were semi-public. I don't know if you remember that. Someone someone was basically saying, like, Augusta and Pebble, same thing if you put a wall around Pebble. And I was like, eh, maybe, but. And here my dad went even deeper. He went, maybe, but. I don't think so. A key aspect of Augusta's magic is that a major tournament is held there every year with lots of on-site fans and TV coverage. Just being exclusive or having a tournament occasionally is not enough. For example, Cypress and Fine Valley are super exclusive, but they are not publicly revered as meccas. So Cliff Roberts' genius for the Masters and its publicity is key to the creation of the religion-like aura of Augusta. What's up, Dad? Great response. My dad's a physicist, and, uh, you know, he's a legend. Legendary physics. Well, uh, let's see. What else? Um, So many exciting things coming up. Very excited. We're going to do a lot of work behind the scenes over here to bring something new to you. What could that be? I think you know. But I'm really excited. I'm going to I'm going to be probably around June 1st. What is it? May. Yeah, I got a month and a half to work on this little side project. It's a lawnmower that also plays golf, believe it or not. It shoots usually under par around, uh, oh, geez, 58, 52, under par. So it's actually shooting, it shoots uh, basically 18 hole-in-ones. It, uh, we're having problems getting it legalized, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like, I got to shake it till you make it, you know? The lawnmower shakes it. It shakes it. The blades of grass. Out of the bag! <laughs> So when I was a kid, I used to prank call everybody. Like I would call, there was a mountain nearing store in my town. Like they had like, it was like high end, like outdoor shit, like Patagonia and Columbia, you know? And I would call and I'd be like, hello, (laughs) this is Jerky Boys era. If you know Jerky Boys, my tiger, (laughs) he beat me. (laughs) What is it? The tiger, the tiger or like Saul's glasses. Remember? I fell down the stairs and my shoes came off. <laughs> and they're like, how can we help you, sir? And he's like, but my glasses, I, they broke. And he's like, sir, how can we help you? And he's like, but see, when I fell down the stairs, my shoes came off. So anyway, I would call the, uh, I would call the, uh, the sports, the sporting store. And I would be like, Hello. And I'd be like, I'm wondering how much you would like to sell your business for. And they, and it was just like a kid at the counter, you know, and they were like, well, as far as I know, we're not for sale. And I was like, great, that's great. I just need a number, kid. What? Get me, in a, get the manager on the phone. Give me a number. $800, a 5000 just name it. I'm going to come down there with cash right now and I want to buy the business. And they would just, whatever. Um, and one of the early ideas for the podcast was I wanted to, do like golf prank calls. (laughs) So like the idea was I would call a pro shop in some other area and I would be like, uh, they would be like, hello, welcome to true North. And I would be like, hi, um, strange question. I played there last week and I just wanted to see if I could get my money back. And the pro, the idea was that the pro would be like, uh, why would you want your money back? And I would be like, cause I played like shit. (laughs) Your course is tremendously difficult. 
I want my money back. I didn't have any fun. Uh, and then they'd be like, you're crazy. Absolutely not. And then I'd be like, well, no. Okay. How about this? Can I get, you know, um, can I get a couple free rounds? Because like I said, I didn't have fun. And when I got home, my wife was upset with me. Um, and you know, we tried it and it, it just wasn't funny at all because every pro shop actually took me kind of seriously, which was really sweet. They were like, well, I'm really sorry you didn't have fun, sir, but we just don't really give, we don't really give refunds for enjoyment. And then I just started to feel kind of like a jerk because I was like, I don't know. Pranking is like sarcasm, you know, like it's just, it's not, it's not really that fun if you're really good at it. Well, maybe that's not true. I did love prank calls as a kid. All right. Well, that's it for me. I am very excited to start this week off strong, off with the good foot, if you will. Did you know James Brown was born in Augusta? Got on the good foot. I didn't go see his statue commemorating his legendary status as a legend. (laughs) But I did try and tell that story a little bit. Um, Look, yeah, like I said, Australia, Hawaii, New York State, rural New York. Uh, Where else? Michigan, northern Michigan, Traverse City is the airport. We're going on tour, kids. Norway, Sweden, hit me up. We're going to be live from the road. Give me some thoughts on what the hell we should talk about while we're on the road. Did you like the high-speed podcast with my boy Stu? What else could we do? Should I? I was trying to interview local people while I'm out on the road, but, you know, it's, it's hard to, um, sometimes it's hard to find the right guest, you know? Yeah, there's only one Michelle Wee, let's be honest. So um, if you have any thoughts of, like, what could be cool on the road to, uh, to discuss... Let it snow. Let it snow. Let it snow. I'm in a, I mean, I've had too many cups of coffee. I told myself I'm going to stop drinking as much coffee because it is, apparently it sends you into adrenal fatigue. Huh, who knew? Someone told me that and I was like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> they told me that and I just passed out immediately. Uh, yeah, so anyway, I, uh, I'm just coasting here literally coasting i've got like four cups of coffee in front of me i've got a flight of coffee and i'm just sipping them left to right blonde to dark blonde i got a redhead over here just just drinking it all in if you only knew what time it was um anyway i uh i'm gonna go ahead and hit it hard you know because it's gonna land somewhere (sighs) that was an attempt guys i'm just not a host can we just can we just be okay with that This is just me talking to you. It's not a podcast. Well, thanks for watching the Eric Lang Show podcast brought to you by One Day. Are you excited for us to get sponsors? Because you know what's going to happen when we get sponsors? I think it means we're going to be able to give away more shit. That's the cool thing, I think. So look forward to selling out, folks. It's going to feel great. Have a great week and see you Thursday with Haley Joel Osment, the man who could see dead bogeys and people amazingly all right take care for now 38 minutes 51 seconds 52 53 54 okay bye